0: Welcome to the Powerhouse Youth Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today and we hope that this builds you up and helps you live out your faith. Enjoy the message. Are we doing good tonight? Are y'all alive? Three people are alive. Anyone else? You're taking a nap right now. Well, it's time to wake up. Okay, you're not in a library, so we can make some noise tonight. If I was, uh, if I were Chad, I would say you're not in a library, so you can make some noise tonight. Also, if I were Chad, I would say Valentine's Day is coming up soon, but we all know that that's not a real thing, right, Chad? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to throw that in there. I've really been trying to teach him that it's Valentine's Day. It kind of gets on my nerves just a little bit. What? Volleyball. Ball, yeah. Also, he said volleyball today, so evidently there's not a V in that, but that's cool. Chad, you're just teaching us some things, huh? He has no, no comment. Well, hey, uh, man, we are happy that you're here tonight, man. I'm pumped to be hanging out with you. We're going to have some fun. Uh, We're going to have volleyball and snacks here in a little bit. But before that, man, we're going to dive into the word of the Lord together, man. I hope that tonight this will kind of encourage you. It'll challenge you a little bit. Um, but before I get into that, I want to let you know a couple of announcements. One, we do not have small groups this Sunday. This Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday, so we know a bunch of folks will probably be watching the game and hanging out and all of that. So uh, we're going to cancel this Sunday, but we will be back with small groups the following Sunday for Valentine's Day So y'all can come. We're going to have some Valentine's candy, some snacks. We might even talk about love. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, Some of y'all looked like disgusted and some of y'all looked very intrigued. So I don't know. It's like a 50-50 split there. Uh, But anyway, come and hang out then. But hey, uh, tonight we're going to talk about a very exciting topic. Does anybody have any guesses? Did somebody say Jesus? How did you know? You're brilliant. So tonight, actually, man, there has been something uh, that's been stirring on my heart the last several weeks that I've been looking into, kind of studying a little bit, even in my free time. And uh, we're going to talk about sin Everybody's like, oh. <laughs> oh we're going to talk about sin for the next few minutes. And man, I don't know, I, a few of these things that we're going to talk about tonight, I've actually never uh, had someone talk about to me. I've never heard someone speak about some of this stuff. And, and so I want to kind of help us understand sin a little bit, uh, and I'm not going to talk about sin to make you feel like really bad about yourself and all of that, like that's not the goal. But man, I, what I kind of think will happen when we understand the seriousness of our sin, I, I believe it breeds in us a greater gratitude for what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. And so I know that I've kind of witnessed that in my own life when I understand how serious my mistakes are, man, it makes me more thankful for Jesus, amen? And so uh, I want to kind of talk about that for a few minutes. I hope some of this stuff tonight you haven't heard before. I think it'll, it'll help you for sure. But before we do that, let's say a prayer and just invite the Lord to speak to us. If you bow your heads, close your eyes. I was seeing if anybody was going to finish it. There you go. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we do come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, just for every person here. We pray that tonight you would come speak to us. You would have your way, rid of any distractions, and Lord, give us a hunger for you and for your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Okay, I got a question to kick off. What is sin? (laughs) Sin, bad. Okay, everybody got that? Message is over. <laughs> sin bad, God good. Okay. Um, sin is wages for death. Is that what we said? Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Something close at least. Uh, and so here's the deal. This is what I've kind of understood in my own life. A lot of times in church, we mention sin nearly every week, right? You go to church, you probably always hear this word kind of thrown around but I haven't really ever been in a situation where somebody stops and defines it, talks about it, what is sin, what, what's really going on. And so I think largely we assume that people understand what sin is. Okay, and so uh, with that, I believe that there's a lot of people who have misconceptions about what sin is. So tonight, we're going to talk about sin just for a second, and then we're going to have kind of a comparison here at the end, um, in that I, I don't know, it's really been speaking to me. I hope it'll challenge you tonight, okay? And so uh, what I'm going to kick off with is actually, this is going to sound fancy, according to the Lexham Bible Dictionary, I feel like if I had a British accent, that would be far cooler, uh, but... According to Lex, I can't even do it. I'm sorry. I'm too country. <laughs> I was going to try my best, but anyways, let's just move on. Okay, sin is defined as any human activity that is contrary to God's will. Okay, sin is any human activity that is contrary to God's will. Do you get that? Everybody heard that? What is sin? Okay, yeah, we all said it in not unison, cool. Okay, so let, let's talk about this for a second. There's, there's kind of a few types of sin, and, and the obvious thing that we, I guess, most often think of, we think about external actions, things that we do that are just wrong, right? Like, a lot of us, were kind of born with this ability. Like, some general things, we kind of know, like, some things are wrong, right? If you get caught when you're a little kid, like, sneaking an extra cookie out of the cookie jar, you're just like... Or if you get caught right now sneaking an extra cookie out of the cookie jar, y'all, that's me. Brittany's like, you eat more Oreos again? I'm like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. This is my first one, okay? Anywho, uh, so the first idea is external sin, okay? These are actually called sins of commission, okay? And so for many, uh, people only kind of think that sin has to do with our external actions or things that we do. Okay, so uh, what are some obvious things that nearly everybody agrees about that are wrong? Murder is a pretty good one, right? Everyone cool with that, huh? Cool, cool, cool. No objections. All right. Okay. Uh, one. Okay. We're worried about that. Okay. Uh, what? What? What else? What do you say? Lies. Okay. Adultery. Cheating on what, Kelsey? <laughs> okay, I thought you were gonna say Tess or something. I didn't know. Like, somebody's about to feel convicted up in here. Okay, what else? Some other big stuff. I hadn't heard anything over here. Gossip. Okay, what'd you say? Hanging out with Landon. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Blackmail, I suppose. Now we're getting into some specifics. Okay, so listen, we can all like really name off some things that we know. Are wrong. And this is what's kind of interesting a little bit. Nearly all cultures agree uh, on these things, these big things that we're all kind of labeling off right here. Uh, and it's not because humans are inherently good uh, or because we have a a kind of reasoned and universal moral code of conduct or anything like that. That's false, okay? Uh, Most cultures, most people agree on what is good and what is evil uh, because God's word tells us that God has written his law upon our hearts. Did you know that? God has written his law upon our hearts. You, you kind of know what's right and wrong because God has kind of placed that inside of you as a human being, okay? Uh, and so uh, that's actually recorded in Jeremiah 31 and in Romans 2.15 if you wanna uh, take some notes and, and record that. But um, all of us in here, we kind of agree that there's some things that we just should not do, right? Murder is a great example for that, although sometimes I know your little brother or sister test you a little bit okay so sorry none of y'all's names kane right <laughs> i was waiting for a giggle and no one got it okay Anywho, so, okay, so the first category, we're talking about external sin, general things that we know that are wrong that we do, hey, that's a sin, that's sin of commission, okay? So uh, there's actually one more kind of category or one more little idea that fits into this category, okay, and it's internal sin. Y'all, this is where it starts getting a little more serious, okay? So it's not just things that we do outside of our body, but God actually kind of shows us in the New Testament that he takes internal sin very seriously, okay? Uh, Let me scroll down here and catch up on my notes. And so in the New Testament, Christ in many ways, raises the standard for sin. He raises the bar for sin and morality, okay? I wanna read to you a verse, a couple of verses in Matthew chapter five that'll help kind of display this for you. It's a verse 27 and 28. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. We just talked about that. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart, Okay, so what does Jesus do right here? He, he references the Old Testament law, right? He, he references this law that was about things that you would do outside of yourself. And he says, even when you have thoughts of doing that thing, I consider it a sin. Okay, so does it get like a little more challenging all of a sudden? Like not only am I not trying to kill someone, I'm trying to not think about killing somebody. Anyone? Anybody? <laughs> It's like, oh my goodness, that's pretty tough, right? It's like, I'm trying not to think about punching that crazy kid in my third period class. Trying not to do it, okay? And so what's crazy to me, this man here, he's not acting upon his lust, but but what he's doing, he, he's having inappropriate thoughts, right? And so God says this, he takes this serious and he says, this is also Sin, And so we have external actions, we have external things that we do that God believes is sin, and then we also have internal sin, okay? Uh, get, let's, let's give a few examples here just to make sure we're all on the same page, okay? Uh, inappropriate thoughts. We're going to get really quiet, okay? Um, well, I don't cuss, but sometimes maybe you think about cuss words in your head, and you just don't say them out loud. oh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Funny. Okay. Um, okay. Daydreaming about punching that kid in class that really annoys you—it's like I'm not actually gonna do it, but he's getting on my nerves. Okay. Okay, so it, this starts getting a little more challenging, right? You you not only have to control what you do outside of yourself, but you're also uh, now responsible for the things, the thoughts that you have as well, okay? God uh, God thinks it's uh, very seriously, and God sees it the same. I'm gonna give you a, a kind of an illustration for this. Sometimes Brittany and I will be having a conversation, okay? Brittany's my wife, if you didn't know. Uh, sometimes we'll be having a conversation, and she'll make a comment, or say something, and before I even respond, she goes, don't say it. Like, she just knows, she just knows, like, exactly what I'm gonna say or do. Like, sometimes it's a joke, or, like, it's just an obvious, like, easy cut down or something, you know what I mean? And she's just like, don't you even say it. And it's like, why does she do it? She knows, like, exactly what's going on in my head. Like, before I even say it, she knows. And let's just be real, I'm not saying Brittany is God, okay? But God knows exactly what's happening in your head. And he goes, don't do it. Don't think about it. Don't dwell on that thought. Don't let that even enter your mind, right? And so you've got to control uh, the external factors in your life, but you also have to control the internal factors of your life, your thought life. And this is why we've been talking about the last few weeks. Hey, what are you watching? And what what music are you listening to? What are you watching on TV? What what content are you feeding on on social media? Uh Uh-oh. What, what are we feeding ourselves because those things often are replicated in your mind, right? And so if you're feeding yourself inappropriate content, if you're feeding yourself things that don't honor God, a lot of times those things are replicated here, and God says, that is just as serious to me as your external sin. No amens on that one. All right. All right. <laughs> Yeah, so this is, this is the last little category we wanna talk about, and we're gonna get into a comparison, but this is something I've never heard really anybody talk about before, and um, I wanna kind of make sure you understand this. We have sins of commission, which are external and internal, and then we also have sins of omission. Okay, this is gonna be probably a little more convicting. I'm gonna explain this, okay? Okay. Um, This is when we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. Did y'all hear that? Sins of omission, it's when we know what we're supposed to do, but we fail to do it, okay? Uh, this This gets like very, very challenging, okay? So sin is when we do something contrary to the will of God. So it's not just when we do something wrong, but it's when we know that we should do something right and we choose not to, okay? And so I want to uh, kind of help shape your perspective on this for just a second. There are a number of things that we know God calls us to do, uh, and yet we choose not to do it, okay? So examples of this, are things like this. Uh, God calls us to love him with all of our heart. Do you do that? Do you love God with all of your heart? Do you actually do that, or do you just say that you do that? Because that's probably more realistic, Okay. God calls us to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you treat people, do you treat people with respect? I can answer that personally. No, okay? Especially you, Summer, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to toast you, I'm sorry. Okay, so God calls us to love him, love our neighbor. Let's, hey, let's, let's be real here for a second. Uh, God calls us to share the gospel. Uh-oh. God calls us to share the gospel, and God calls us to make disciples, right? Hey, let me just add, did you know you were supposed to do that as a Christian? Okay, because I talk about it every week, so if you didn't, like, you need to clean out the earwax and, like, start paying attention, okay? We, we talk about this every week, and so I've never heard someone talk about it this way, but, but listen to me, everybody here if you know that you're supposed to share the gospel, if you know that you're supposed to make disciples, if you know that you're supposed to do these things and you choose not to do it, that is a sin. Did you know that? Right? God called you to make disciples. God called you to share the gospel. And he says, if you know it and you don't do it, he says, that's a sin. It's a sin by omission. You choose not to do what is right. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of believers today that we sin by omitting things all the time because we don't do what God has called us to do. It's a sin and God believes it's just as serious as you going and sleeping around or cussing or whatever else. God believes it's just as serious, right? Right. And so I'm telling you, no one has ever told me this and it's been really challenging to me. In one of my uh, classes in seminary, we've been going through discipleship processes and and studying this in scripture. And one of these things, it was talking about discipleship and spreading the gospel. And he says, if you are not doing this, uh, if you are not spreading the gospel, if you're not making disciples, he says, you are living in sin. Does that not like bring that to life just a little bit more? So not only am I just a little nervous about sharing with people and talking to people because I'm awkward, but now I realize that I'm sinning, right? And God has called me to do this and so I need to start stepping out and doing it. Can I get an amen? Amen. So let's just think about this for a second. Are you loving God in the way that you live your everyday life? Do you love God while you're at school or do you love God just when you're at church? Are you loving people around you like Jesus would love them? Are you always giving everybody toed? Y'all know, girls know. (laughs) The guys are lost, but it's okay. Attitude. Are you striving to reach the lost that are around you every day? Are you doing that? Are you actively doing that? Are you actively striving to reach lost people so they would come into relationship with Christ? Are you helping to disciple other believers that they would mature in their relationship with Christ? Because Jesus says, if you know that you are supposed to do those things and you choose not to do it, it is a sin. sin. Thank you. I didn't figure y'all were gonna say that. That's cool. Okay, here's the deal. I'm gonna share a personal story with you where I made this mistake just recently and, man, it really bothered me, okay? So uh, I'm gonna be vulnerable here, so don't make fun of me because I might cry in front of everyone. Okay, so, man, actually, I believe it was two Thursdays ago. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember, two Wednesdays ago, we prayed for some students from Pleasant Grove that were in an accident, right? Wasn't it? It was two weeks ago, right? Uh, so the, the next day, on Thursday, um, Jack and Ellie and some other students from Pleasant Grove, they got a, a really big prayer group together to meet at their school at like seven o'clock Thursday night just to pray for these students who were uh, kind of in critical condition. And so I went just to hang out and kind of show support. And man, it was awesome. There were probably 150 or more students that showed up just to pray uh, for these other students. And I was so proud of you guys for doing that. That's awesome. Give them a hand. That's what it looks like when you're trying to lead others to Christ and love the people around you every day. But but, you know, while we were there, we actually, we were praying, and uh, during the whole prayer, I, I felt like, all of a sudden, like, a strong impression that I needed to say something. There was a big group of students here. A lot of students probably just came uh, to support these other students that had been hurt that probably didn't, don't have a real relationship with God. Let's just be honest, okay? And so, uh, while, while they were praying, I felt like I was supposed to say something and just give an opportunity for people to make decisions to Christ, uh, to, to follow Christ, and, and I remember it was, like, close to the end, Jack... Uh, Jack prayed and just dismissed everybody, and instead of me like saying, "Hey, hey, hey wait, wait a second, and like gather around and I was going to say something, I just kind of let everybody walk away and uh, man i I don't know why I did like normally that wouldn't be like a, a really huge, huge deal for me or whatever, like I feel like I do this every week right and and so I, for some reason I just kind of froze for a second. I missed this opportunity to do what I know God had laid on my heart and what he's already called me to do in his word. And so, man, I remember we left that night. I got in my truck and dude, I was like really upset about it and I just felt terrible, right? And so this was a sin of omission because I knew what God had called me to do and I didn't do it. And I remember even driving home that night and I just said, Lord, would you help me to never miss another opportunity to honor you like that? I never wanna miss another opportunity to honor him like that. And, and listen, and be a young person here tonight, every one of us, we have opportunity after opportunity. You have relationships with so many people at school. God has called you to use those things to draw them to him, okay? And so when you choose not to use it, when you choose not to do the things that God has called you to do, it is a sin of omission. And I believe God takes it very serious. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want that to be a part of my life, I wanna take every opportunity that God has given me to build his kingdom and I wanna challenge you tonight. Hey, analyze your life, the sins and things that you have and I believe it's time for us to kind of understand the seriousness of our sin and quit just acting like all this stuff being a part of our life is okay because it's not. Do you understand that? Our culture today, we act like sin is just no big deal And, and listen, I believe a lot of times we abuse the grace of God and that is not okay. I mean, I felt terrible about uh, going through all that. I felt terrible about not doing what I knew God had called me uh, to do. But this is kind of where I wanna go for the next few minutes. God is serious about sin. Culture may act like it's not a big deal, but God was so serious about it that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sin. That sounds to me like he was pretty serious. Okay, okay. He sent his son to die on the, the cross for our sin. And, and listen, I'm not saying all this to make you like feel terrible about yourself or like to make you start crying or feel shameful or anything like that, although maybe you should, okay? Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. There should be some type of conviction in your life where you feel bad when you make mistakes, just shrugging your shoulder and walking through it and acting like it's not a big deal, that is not biblical, okay? You should feel bad after you mess up. You should uh, feel bad after you make a mistake. Um, That is not unhealthy. I want you to understand that. Feeling bad, having conviction, kind of some of those things, that is not an unhealthy thing. God has called you to feel like that because the Holy Spirit comes and convicts you and corrects you so you will fix it the next time, right? So you don't live in this sin, And so a lot of times we get so desensitized by our sin that we finally just like shrug it off and we just continue it, right? We just continue to walk in it and that is not okay. That is unhealthy. Um, But here's the deal. When we understand how serious our sin really is, uh, it'll bring forth a greater appreciation for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, okay? And so every person here, we all sin every day, okay? Okay. Uh, even if you want to pretend like you don't, you do. Okay, so we need Jesus. It, it it makes us realize that we need Him in a greater way. Okay, and so what I want to do, I, actually, I want to I'm going to give you one more kind of big illustration, kind of between the Old Testament and the New Testament tonight. One thing that I'd never really seen or understood before. I want to leave with you because I mean, I've I've personally found it really challenging. Okay, and so in the Old Testament, uh, God's people were the who. The Israelites, okay, in the Old Testament, when, when you sin, they had to perform what? They had to sacrifice animals, right? To, to try to be made right before God, to atone for their sins. We also know uh, that those were not truly uh, fulfilling sacrifices, right? They, they didn't truly pay the price that we needed them to pay. That's why God sent his son to do it once and for all for us. Um, but here's what I've kind of been doing. Anybody, have you ever tried to read the book of Leviticus before? <laughs> yeah, I heard some moans. Okay, when if you go, if you're just starting to read your Bible, do not start in the book of Leviticus, because you're going to make it to about a chapter or two, and then you're gonna be like, man, what is this talking about? Okay, but Man, I've been trying to go through, and I feel like this book is often overlooked by a lot of Christians, and I've been kind of looking into some of this stuff, and there's so much depth into what is really going on here, Um, and so when you really dive into it, man, it's really, really powerful, and I want to actually read a little passage uh, out of the book of Leviticus for one more comparison to to end the night, okay? Uh, Jocelyn, will you come here, please? I didn't ask her to do this before. (laughs) Hey, so... I just want to do this to be different, um, and this is a passage out of Leviticus. Can you can you read? Okay, I was just gonna make sure before we put you on the spot. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's like uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, well, will you read this section right here? You see this? Will you just read that for me? Sure. Be loud and proud.
1: If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without blemish. He shall he shall bring it to entrance of the tent meeting and he may be accepted for the Lord. He shall lay his hand on his head of the burnt offering and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord and Aaron's sons, the priest shall bring the blood and throw the blood against the sides of the altar that is at the entrance of the tent meeting. Then he shall... Flay the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. And sons of Aaron the priest shall put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. And Aaron's sons the priest shall arrange the pieces, the head and the fat, on the wood that is on the fire of the altar. But, it, but its entra- yeah, entrails. entrails and its legs shall wash with water. And the priest shall burn all of, its, all of it on the altar as a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasant aroma to the Lord.
0: Amen. Y'all make some noise for Jocelyn. Hey, I'm sorry to throw you like out like that. I probably should have asked you before, but good job. Especially hard to read Leviticus. Okay, so one, I wanted to do that because I felt like you would probably listen to someone else read it a little more than me. Sadly, but it's probably true. So, okay, this is what I want to do for a second. I don't want to get into the details of this, but I want to describe to you what, what is going on, okay? Um, this uh, specific sacrifice that we uh, just heard from, uh, from Jocelyn, it would be considered a burnt offering in the Old Testament, okay? This specific sacrifice would actually be a voluntary sacrifice. Okay, so it would be a payment to God uh, that helped the individual, the person who was sacrificing the bull, acknowledge their state of sinfulness as well as uh, be a payment for their sins. Okay, so in the Old Testament, there's a, a several other types of sacrifices and all of that, but this is what I want you to understand. All of this process, to me, shows that God is very serious about sin. Would you agree? Did you just kind of hear what was going on with Jocelyn read, I believe it shows that God is very serious uh, about sin. And uh, God was serious when he says that the uh, wages of sin is death, okay? That's in Romans 6, 23. It's what uh, German kind of referenced earlier. But I wanna walk you through this process one more time just to kind of paint you a picture of what's going on, okay? So I want everybody to look at me for a sec. We're almost finished. Everybody look at me. Okay, so think about this. Put yourself in this person's shoes. An individual needs to make a sacrifice before God because of their sinfulness, okay? Uh, in this case, as a burnt offering, they would have to get a bull from their herd. Anybody? You just have a bull around the house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, y'all do have bulls. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I do not have a bull, okay? I only have a half acre. It's not big enough, Um, so they would get a bull, which is very costly, okay? Uh, and it wouldn't, uh, it could not have a spot or a wrinkle. Uh, and then, think about this. So they'd have to get their bull from their house, their field, wherever it is. And uh, I don't know, it's like, this is pretty crazy, but do they put a leash around a bull or something? And they have to walk it to the tent of meeting. This is uh, kind of where the Holy of Holies is. This is where God's presence resides. And so they start walking this bull like, have anybody you struggled just walking your dog around the neighborhood? My dogs are terrible on a leash. You're walking this bull like that, like wherever this bull wants to go, you're essentially going. Uh, you're trying to get it to come with you. And you're, you're walking this bull to the tent of meeting, okay? And so the whole time, you know you're going there to sacrifice this animal okay? You're going there to sacrifice this animal, so you come up. The priest actually has to come and examine your bull to make sure it's not nasty, to make sure uh, it's not jacked up or has any deformities. They have to approve uh, your sacrifice, okay? Uh, And then this person, this is where it's going to start getting a little more serious. This person would have to take this bull, this huge animal, and kind of coerce it onto the altar, okay? And then this is what they have to do. It says that you must take your left hand and place it on the bull's head, okay? And so what this is supposed to signify, one, I think some of us would just be scared to place your hand on a bull's head, okay? But two, what this is supposed to signify here, this, this individual knows I'm about to kill this animal, and so I have to place my hand on its head and it kind of shows, it's, it signifies a transference, okay? That this animal is about to die because of my sin. So I place my hand on its head kind of as a transfer that my sin, it's like an impartation of my sin into the animal, okay? Does this make sense? So you're sitting here, you've, you've gone through this whole process, you know you're about to kill this bull, you have to place your hand on its head and you know It's about to die because of what you've done. Is this starting to get a little more heavy for you? This thing, this, this innocent animal is about to pass away because of my sin, all of my mistakes. And so you're sitting there, you're thinking about all this. You know this individual, you're, you're probably having flashbacks about mistakes and stupid stuff that you've done, things that you, you wish you could take back or do a little different. And then all of a sudden it's time. You, you've got to reach up with your right hand while your left hand remains on its head, and you slit the bull's throat, and it bleeds out on the altar. And so you sit there and you watch an innocent animal die in your place. Some of the girls are just upset thinking about an animal dying. Okay, and I'm not trying to make this a joke, but just think about this process for a second. Does this not make you feel like God takes sin a little more seriously than we do today? Does it not? I mean, thinking about that process, having to kill an innocent animal, all those things, like, dude, that's like, kind of tough. Like, I couldn't imagine living in a society where we have to do that, right? These these people had to go and do that to be made right before God. Like, I mean, some of us would really, really struggle with that, right? And now I want to kind of relate it to us today. And can I tell you that there was an innocent sacrifice that died in your place? Are you following me here? You can feel bad about a bull, but listen to me, there was an innocent sacrifice that died in your place and his name was Jesus Christ. The the theological kind of explanation to what happened on the cross is that Christ took our sins upon him, right? Kind of like laying your left hand upon the bull's head. He took our sin and yet he gave us his righteousness. And so Christ In the Gospel of John, it actually refers to him as the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. He was the innocent sacrifice that died in our place. We can't imagine about uh, killing an innocent animal, but what about an innocent man, an innocent God that came to die for you and for me, right? My sins put Jesus there when I think about the cross, when I think about what he did, I understand my sin put Christ on the cross. This person would understand their sin put this bull on the altar. And I think a lot of times we walk through life and we're just shrugging off sin like it's no big deal. And listen to me, your sin placed Christ on the cross. But one thing that I'm thankful for is, is uh, Christ wasn't like an innocent and a kind of Ignorant bull that was just unknowingly being led to the slaughter, Jesus knew exactly what he came to do. He came to do it. He came so you could be made righteous. He came so you could be forgiven. He came so you could live. And what I've understood and what's been challenging to me is is I have understood my sin is much more serious than a lot of times than I realize. That my sin placed Christ on the cross, he died because of my mistakes. All of my stupid stuff and even the sin that you continue to choose to do because you like it or whatever your excuse is, it it put him there. And every time I make mistakes, I realize that my sin placed Jesus there. And I think one, it produces in me kind of a, a little more humility, one, because I realize how jacked up that is. But also it makes me so much more thankful for everything Jesus did. And it makes me so much more thankful for what Jesus did, that he paid the price for my sin, that he willingly did that. He, he came to, to make me whole. He came to make you whole. This is, this is why we're here tonight. This is why we celebrate Christ. This is why we worship him and sing songs to him, because he paid the price that, that you and I couldn't pay, right? Are you with me tonight? I mean, sin is a little more serious than a lot of us realize. And Man, I'm telling you, when you realize the seriousness of sin, you become more grateful for what Christ accomplished on the cross. And those things that we did, man, it put Christ there. He died in our place. He was the Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of the world. You know, tonight I'm going to get ready to close here, and I want the band to come up for just a, a minute or two. But what Jesus did on the cross for us, man, it it was a free gift. Listen to me. It was a free gift for all humanity, but it's your choice to receive it. Hey, and there's some people here tonight, you need to receive that gift. You need to receive Christ's forgiveness. You need to choose to follow him so you can uh, receive his gift of eternal life. I mean, there's some other people here that you've already made that decision and that is so awesome and we're so proud of you, but I believe that all of us here tonight need to start taking our sin a little more seriously. I mean, it's not a joke. It's not just something that we can do and abuse the grace of God. It's something that God takes serious and his grace and forgiveness is there when we make mistakes, not knowingly do something disobedient. Does this make sense tonight? Our sin placed Jesus there. That's why we worship him. That's why we're thankful. And when you begin to understand the magnitude of what Jesus did, the seriousness of sin, it changes the way that you live. Will you listen to me tonight? When you understand that, it changes the way that you live. And all of a sudden, I'm far more grateful and thankful for everything Jesus has done. And so I worship him because I'm thankful. I worship him because he rescued me from my sin. I worship him because he wiped away my mistakes. He made me new. He gave me life. When I deserve to be sentenced to hell, God said, I'll give you Eternal life in heaven in my presence. I, I worship him because I understand the magnitude of what was accomplished. I spend time with Jesus because I just want to be with the one who loves me so much to give his life for me. I just want to be with him because I, I understand what he did. I just want to spend time with them. I want to worship. I, I want to pray. I, I want to, to share the gospel with those around me, not because I, I'm just told to, because I want other people to experience that same forgiveness and freedom in a life that I've experienced. Because the only way to experience it is through Jesus Christ. I wanna do those things naturally when I understand what Jesus did and the magnitude of it. And I feel like a lot of us, we've grown up in a Christian kind of somewhat culture that where we're desensitized to sin, we're desensitized to hearing about the gospel and about what Jesus accomplished. And listen, when you really get it, it transforms your life. Jesus isn't something that you add on top or you sprinkle in or just a a prayer that you repeat. Jesus comes and changes your life forever. Do you hear me? I say that because Jesus changed my life forever about right here when I was in eighth grade. When you understand it, it transforms you and I just wanna be with him. I just wanna worship him. Man, I lift my hands not for a show, but because he's worthy of all the glory and all the honor. Man, and when I look around and we see, men, churches today filled with Christians that don't worship, That don't engage, that don't pray, that don't seek God in any way, that don't read their Bibles, it really makes me question if they've ever really understood what He accomplished. Because if you did, because if you really did, how could you contain your praise? Are you with me tonight? And there's one more thing that I want to share with you. You know, we we talked about sacrifices. We kind of compared it with the Old Testament, the New Testament, and what Jesus accomplished for us. Man, I've heard it preached tons of times that uh, the death of Christ ended all sacrifices. And man, you can go out on a big hurrah and all of this. And and, uh, to be honest, that is partially true. But tonight, I'm gonna argue something a little different. Christ's death, his death, did not rid of all sacrifices, now God just desires a different sacrifice. I want to read to you Romans 12 1 it says this I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God listen to this to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. I'm so thankful that God doesn't require a sacrifice of death any longer. I'm so glad that we don't have to go and kill a goat or bull or whatever. But listen, now God requires a different sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Christ gave his life life for us that we may live. And he called us not to live for ourselves, but he called us to surrender and live for him. He wants you to be a living sacrifice. Every breath, every step, every day, every moment, will you live in such a way that brings honor and glory to God? That's what a living sacrifice is. No longer do you have to sacrifice a bull, but Jesus said, I gave my life. Now, would you go and live for me? That's the New Testament sacrifice. You are the sacrifice. And I don't know about you, but I'm willing to sacrifice my life for Christ. That's why we do what we do. That's why I'm a youth pastor. It's not a glorified position really today in our culture, but I'm gonna do it to honor God. Amen. Tonight, listen to me, young people. God has called you to more than church attendance. God has called you to be more than just a good person that tries not to mess up too bad, but God has called you to build his kingdom and to live as a sacrifice that honors him. And I think it's time that we understand the seriousness of our sin, the seriousness of our mistakes. Not so you feel bad, not so you feel guilty and walk around shameful every day, but that it would produce in you a greater sense of praise and adoration for Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you, when you understand the seriousness of your sin, I can't help but to worship knowing that God, that Jesus set me free from all of that. Amen.